0: As we quiet our hearts to hear god's word let us pray god of power and grace fill us with the wisdom of your word and the understanding of your spirit so that we may be your church a people with dreams and visions at work in all the world through jesus christ our lord amen the reading today is from the book of john Chapter 4, verses 1 through 30. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. This is the word of the Lord. May the words of
1: my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Many of you have heard before, probably even from me, about all the things this poor Samaritan woman at the well had going against her. She was a woman. So in her culture, she was property more than a person. And that is really important information in this particular story. Because as the story unfolds, we see that she was not just property, she was misused property at that. She'd been divorced or widowed five times. And divorce at that time was such that if her husband were unhappy with her, he could just sort of turn her out to the street And it's unlikely that she was even a first wife to the second and subsequent men and by first wife i mean only wife it would have been common practice in her time and space that men would take second and even third wives who would have more of a servant role in the household so this isn't a story about someone who is just a loose woman bouncing around from man to man she's considered property and pretty low value property at this point. She's not living with this sixth man for romance or anything tawdry or exciting. She's got no other choice. She has nowhere else to go. So when Jesus says this guy isn't her husband, it might mean that she's living with a man willing to take her in as a servant of some sort without legal marriage, or that she is legally married to him, but he's not acting like a real husband to her. She was super unpopular and or embarrassed by her situation. You see, the water well was kind of like the morning Facebook or Instagram check in to see what's up in the world. But here she is in the middle of the day, avoiding the crowd. I want to argue, though, that this woman is not as helpless as we sometimes like to think. She's got some spunk. The world has beaten her up and left her on the side of the road, but she hasn't lost herself completely. We often see this woman as powerless, but she shows some real power. She has agency. Surely she has a lot of societal problems, but she does have agency. She does have some power. And she really has a riled up feisty interchange with Jesus. If we swing too far from one end to the other on who she is, we miss the power that Jesus is giving back to her in this dialogue. My mind was blown recently when I realized that if we forget the lively way she engages in this conversation with Jesus, we take away from her what little power she has in this story and we're just as bad as the other people she's avoiding by going to the well in the middle of the day. When our Samaritan woman at the well talks to Jesus here, she pays attention to his every word. She responds to his every word. She asks questions. She engages in the sort of conversation with Jesus that leads to freedom. She doesn't try to trap him with her questions like the Pharisees do. She doesn't try to read into it what she wants to hear like the disciples so often do. She doesn't even get frustrated or despair when Jesus speaks difficult truth into her life, like many others in the gospels do. When she engages directly with Jesus and speaks her truth out loud, she gets back some of her own power. Listen to this. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town she was there to get water and she left the jar behind wife or servant this woman has been defined by her role of being less than of being the server even though she's avoiding the other women at the well it's still been her job to go and fetch the water and she drops that pitcher she leaves it there and rushes back to town to tell people about this powerful experience she's just had. You would expect that this woman who is showing up at the well at high noon in the heat of the day to avoid others, wouldn't garner much of a crowd when she went back to tell her story. Or that if she did, they would just make fun of her. But they listen. This woman has a voice in her own community. Even though she's at the bottom of the totem pole in her town, she still has a voice. And when she uses that voice, it is powerful. She's one of the very first evangelists we see in scripture. This Samaritan woman bounced from man to man, from owner to owner, she becomes an evangelist. When we think about how to make a difference in the world We often fall prey to the idea that we have to be super impressive or have a huge audience or a world-changing invention or do something completely crazy and outlandish. Even if we think about how we might try to make a difference for people on the edges of society or those who are suffering due to unjust systems, we tend to think of two ways to confront that injustice. We could become a big important leader in the community and fix the problem for them. Or we could go in and tell them how to change to be better or fit in better. But neither of those are what Jesus does here. Remember, the woman's first line is, why are you talking to me? Jews and Samaritans were not on wonderful terms with one another. They did not interact with each other much. And consequently, they did not understand one another very well. Had Jesus just waltzed into the Samaritan town and started preaching or trying to fix what was broken there, it would have not been well received. But he knows her character. He knows she has a spark and a curiosity, and that even though she's not the favorite woman in town, she's got more social capital than he does there. Jesus comes alongside her in conversation, gets to know her, and equips her to minister in her own context. When I was a kid, I was fascinated by the adventures of the brave missionaries my Sunday school teachers told me about. Here were these brave people leaving their homes and living far, far away with people they struggled to communicate with. Also, they could help spread the gospel. So, when I was eight or nine and sitting riveted, of course, in a minute for mission at church. And I heard God say to me, you're gonna do that someday. I clearly thought God meant moving far, far away with people I would struggle to communicate with all so that I could help spread the gospel. As you can see, this is not what I'm doing with my life. I'm in Pittsburgh where my family has been for generations. My mom's family lives about 15 minutes down the river from St. Andrews in one direction, and my dad's family and my husband's family live about 20 minutes down the river from Emsworth in the other direction. And we live smack dab in between those two branches of the family. We've threatened to move to Guatemala or Uganda to do peace and justice work, but we are still solidly planted right here in Pittsburgh. God's mission call on my life at least for this season is to be right here in a part of the world i know better than any other to keep driving up and down ohio river boulevard like i have been since i was a teenager most of us are not called to mission in the way that those who do pick up and go to japan or peru are many of us don't even feel equipped to be around people every day somewhere as simple as the water well or the grocery store or work, and yet Jesus calls us into a conversation. Hey, yeah, you, he says, me? Yeah, you, help me out here with this water. Yeah, but I'm a mess. I know, I'm still talking to you though. And Jesus doesn't call us all off on far-off dangerous missions He calls most of us to use our voice in our own community Your stories of encounter with Jesus are far more powerful on your own street than halfway around the world You have more voice to stand up for justice and compassion in your own neighborhood than in a city you don't live in Yes He's talking to you. He's asking for your help. You, you are equipped and up to the task. So while we're all grounded anyway, (laughs) where are we going to go during a pandemic? Go and use your own voice in your own community.